Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to One Love City Church. Woo! Oh, we give you glory this morning, God. Oh, we give you glory this morning, God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We are so happy to see your faces this morning. We are about to start with our worship to the Lord. We're going to just stand and give honor to the Lord. But real quick, I've got a few little housekeeping um, uh, announcements. First of all, we just want to just thank you. Thank you so much, church. Thank you for being the church. Thank you for everything that you have done, pressed through, shaken over, worked, slaved, served. The past 16 days has been so crammed and just slammed with all of us. And, you know, North America's Christian statistics of who serves in the church is normally around 20%. Not our church. Our church is 100%. And I just want to thank you. Me and husband just want to thank you. Thank you for just being a blessing to the city. Thank you for serving us. Thank you for just believing in us and believing what God was doing. And we just really just, we, I mean, there's no more words. I mean, we're just so overwhelmed with just how much y'all have just helped us get the word out and just pour out into the city and just be who the Lord said we're to be. We are the church. The building is not the church. We are the church. So we just thank you. I want you to just be who God has told us to be, to be his expression, to be his love. Greet and love on people this morning, old people, new people. Just make sure that you love on everybody and you welcome everyone. Also, I just want you to know to be prepared and be ready. We're going to be launching our One Life group very, very soon, very soon. We will get with you with more details on that in just a few weeks. There's just a few things that we are tying up with loose ends with some other groups that are getting started. But our groups are going to be One Life groups, and we will be letting you know when and where all that information, but for right now, for this morning, we are here, we are present with the Lord, we are giving glory to Him, and I just welcome you to just come and just be who you are, as you are, giving God all that you have for Him this morning, and just worship and be with us. Bless the Lord, oh mighty ones. Bless the Lord, you heavenly hosts. Bless the Lord, oh his angels. And let all the earth be his image. Come on and praise His name. Come on, come on and bless Him. Come on, come on and bless Him. Come on and praise His name. Come on, come on and bless Him. Come on, come on and bless Him. Come on and praise His name. Come on, come on and bless Him. Come on, come on and bless Him. Come on and praise His name. Come on, come on and bless Him. Then the darkness fades when I'm 
Come on, come on and bless him. Come on and praise his name. Come on, come on and bless him. Oh, come on, come on and bless him. Come on and praise his name. Come on, come on and bless him. Oh, praise his name. Come on, come on and bless him. Come on and praise his name. Come on, come on and bless him. Come on, come on and bless him. Come on and praise his name. Come on, come on and bless him. Oh, come on, come on and bless him. Come on and praise his name. Come on, come on and bless him. Come on, come on and bless him. Come on and praise his name. Come on, come on and bless him. Oh, come on, come on and bless him. Come on and praise his name. Come on, come on and bless him. Come on, come on and bless him. Come on and praise his name. Come on, come on and bless him. Oh, let's praise his name. Come on, come on and bless him. Come on and praise his name. Come on, come on and bless him. Come on, come on and bless him. Come on and praise his name. Come on, come on and bless him. Ooh. 
Lord of the harvest, calling our hope and now to arise. And we receive your
receive your love. Come on, sing that. Yes. Oh, we receive your love. Oh, yes. Hallelujah. We receive, we receive your love. Oh, come on, just stretch your hands forth. We receive your love. Father, we are thankful, grateful, excited for the privilege of what your love bestowed upon us, what it bestows upon us, and what it will bestow upon us. Thank you, Father, for that love that was expressed through Jesus Christ. Father, you've done so much. You've exceeded our expectations in so many ways in the birth of what you're doing in this house and in this place. Father, as we prepare our hearts as an act, as a continuation of our worship to give back to you that which you've given to us, we count it an honor and a privilege to give back to you. We honor you. We thank you for that privilege. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If you're making your checks out, make them out to one love. One love. Thank you, Lord. We're going to let them continue worship. I want you to bring it up and actually give it, offer it to the Lord as an, as a, as an act. So much of the time, the very thing that, that separates us from the miracle of the supernatural in our lives is just a very natural step of faith. It's not anything big. God told Moses, stretch your rod out, and when he did, the waters parted. He said, step into the water when the children of Israelites, when they were coming out of the desert and crossing over, he said, step into the water. And as they did, the waters parted. The very act in the natural releases something in the supernatural. Father, in the name of Jesus, we give this to you. Graciously, cheerfully, cheerfully, because we love you and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, y'all come forward. Before I spoke a word, you were singing over me. And you have been so, so good to me. Before I took a breath, you breathed your life in me. And you have been so, so kind to me. Oh, 
just love God. It always chases me down, fights till I'm found, leaves a 99. And I couldn't earn it, I don't deserve it, still you give yourself away. Holy, overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God, yeah, yeah. When I was your foe, still your love fought for me. You have been so, so good to me. When I felt no worth, you paid it all for me. You have been so, so kind to me. Holy, overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God always chases me down, fights till I'm found, leaves a 99. And I couldn't hurt it. I don't deserve it, still you give yourself away. Holy, overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God, yeah. So no shadow you won't light up, a mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. Yes. There's no wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down, coming after me. There's no shadow you won't light up, a mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down, a lie you won't tear down, coming after me. Holy, overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God always chases me down, fights till I'm found, leaves a 99. And I couldn't hurt it. I don't deserve it, still you give yourself away. Holy, overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. There's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear out, coming after me. There's 
no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down, coming after me. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, oh, reckless love of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Oh, yes. Leave the 99 to come after the one. The overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. Father, we thank you for your reckless love. So reckless that you defied all human reasoning. You came after us. You chased us down. Thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You won't climb up, coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down, coming after me. There's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down, coming after me. There's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down, coming after me. Holy overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. 
It always chases me down, fights till I'm found, leaves a 99. And I couldn't earn it, and I don't deserve it, still you give yourself away. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. It's what I heard the Lord say. I, I've demonstrated my love to you. There's no mountain that I didn't climb. There's no shadow that I did not disperse with my light and my love. There's nothing in your life, past, present, or future, that has ever, will ever separate you from my love. My love was reckless towards you. I came after you. I chased you, not you, for me. I demonstrated my love for you, an expression of my love through the blood of Jesus, my only son. That is the gospel of grace. That is the gospel that we should preach. Not that you and me love him, but that he first loved us. But I have these things going on in my life, and I don't feel like he loves me. And he says, I love you. But I messed up again, and I, I challenged myself, but I can't reach the bar. I can't attain to the level that he's called me to. And he goes, that's right. That's why I attained it for you. You will never do anything, nor did I design you to do anything to come up to this level because it was a gift to bring you back to the place that I originally had for you way back at the beginning. That's the place that I want you. That's the place that I've provided for you. Now embrace it and come on in. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Why don't you stand together and let's just hold hands. Thank you, Lord. Just close your eyes and just picture your Father, your Heavenly Father. Thank you, Lord. Father, today we stand with hearts full of gratitude for the privilege of being in this moment, for the honor of standing together to experience you in this way. Father, we are grateful, our hearts are grateful for the things that you have done in our lives and our hearts are grateful for the things that we have yet to see. And our hearts are anticipating the things which you're doing which we cannot see, but we expect to have manifestation in our lives. Father, as we take these few moments to hear what you've got to say, I pray, I pray that you would make my tongue the pen of a ready writer, that I would steward this moment responsibly and diligently 
and faithfully according to what you've placed on the inside of me. We exercise our faith. We release our faith together to receive what you would have to say to us for this moment, the very first service of One Love City Church. We are so thankful, Lord. And we release our faith. In the name of Jesus, we thank you for it. And everybody said, Amen. Well, good morning. I just, uh, just as Miss Inez had a a tongue early, I just, I really feel like the Lord just, as I was sitting there, I'm like, well, do I share this? Do I share this? Do I share this? But I'm just, I'm just going to go ahead and share it. But the moment she started, she immediately paused. And I felt in my spirit as almost though it was like when you step your foot in something, water, and it's cold, you immediately take your foot out for a second. And then... You kind of go back to put your foot in a little bit. And it was almost as though the Holy Spirit was saying, do you want the manifestation of everything? Not just what looks good, not just what sounds good, not, not just what fits in a box, but do you want all of me? And it's, it's easy for us to transition and have... The engine without the gasoline. So I just, I just want us to position our hearts to say, look, this is our first day here, but, but Holy Spirit, we want everything that you have for us. Is it always going to look like what we want it to look like? No. Is it always going to sound like what we want it to sound like? No. But the day of Pentecost was a mighty rushing wind. And it was fire that landed on their heads. So we just say that we want everything that you have for us, God. That's our heart for you. And, and the door is wide open. It's not, a, it's not I have to knock to gain entry, but, but, but we say that you have full access to our hearts and our lives. And, and we just don't want to see what you're doing in us, but, but, but we want that manifestation, not just of love, but of power through us. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Well, I was telling Langston last night at the parade, if, if you were in the parade last night or you helped get ready for the parade, would you stand up? Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. There was a lot of work, a lot of labor. But I was telling Langston that I said, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's been an amazing journey to watch from conception to birth of one love. You know, in just one year, Langston said, more like 20 years for me. And uh, so this morning, I wanted to just kind of share some things from my heart as it pertains to one love and the vision but I also felt like the Lord said, my, the mandate that is on my life is to get you ready, to get you equipped, and to get you encouraged for what God's got for you. 
So at first I was going to say, if this is your first time with One Love City Church, please slip the hands up and everybody would have to raise their hands because this is our first service. And when, when he started, when we started with this, it started with a word that was in me, and that word was expression. <clears throat> that at first I was praying, Lord, we need an expression. Our, our people need an expression needs something, a demonstration, an expression, a manifestation of your goodness. And then the Lord turned that around on me and began to say, you are that expression. And so in John chapter 3, verse 16, everybody should know this one. This is where the Lord started. Now, you know, you've read this verse. I've read this verse. People have written it on their face, their jerseys. Everybody's probably got it memorized. But it says, For God so loved the world that he gave. And that's where I want to stop, right there. I don't even want to go any further. For God so loved the world that he gave. And so I've been looking for this word in the, in the Bible. Expression. You know, there's 45 million translations and transliterations, and I've been looking for it. And... Uh, couldn't find it. And the Lord said, go back to the very first verse that I gave you. And I was like, that's too simple. That's too easy. Everybody knows that verse. But let me share with you what I found in one translation. It says, for God expressed his love for the world in this way. He gave his only son so that whoever believes in him will not face everlasting destruction, but will have ever lasting life. You've got to experience his love to begin with. His love was designed to be experienced. His love for our lives was manufactured, created with the sole purpose of experiencing it. Not just expressing it. You can't express what you don't embrace and you can't embrace what you haven't experienced. We've got to experience his love. You may have experienced his love this morning. You may have experienced his love last night. What was amazing to me is the very first act of One Love City Church was an expression. And it wasn't in four walls. It wasn't in the structure and the sanctuary. It was in the streets and the city. And that love that he's given us was expressed through Jesus. Think about that for a moment. His love for us was so reckless that the angels thought it was crazy. And the angels said, what is man that you are so mindful of him? That this mindfulness translated in a demonstration and an expression of his love through Jesus Christ. And his love, listen to this, his love doesn't require anything of us, but it invites a response from us. I'm so fed up with religion that teaches that God's love is available if. No, his love is available, period. 
His love was expressed to us, period. Nothing you will ever do, say, or won't do, will do, have done, could thought about doing, none of that changes the fact that his love for us was expressed one time fully, one love, one time, and once and for all. I think religiousness has taken away from that expression. I saw some of the faces of the people last night when we handed them our little one love business card with a dollar bill attached to it. I wish you could have seen some of the faces that we saw. That was like, they thought it was fake. Because it's too good to be true. I wish we could have given out $100 bills next year. I wish we could have given out more candy. And by the way, our next candy drive for next year will begin next Sunday. Does that, y'all see that big old black trailer that's out there? We want to load it up. So that when we lift the gates down, the candy just starts pouring out for the kids. That's the extravagant demonstration of his love. But the faces of the way they looked when we handed them the dollar bill or the gift cards. We handed them gift cards, and it was like, what is this? One, 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 well, Miss Geneva told me that one guy started crying when he got a, a gift card. Crying. Because it ministered to him so much. So what that One Love City Church, they give you money. Yes. Isn't that what Jesus did? Somebody was, I was talking, I've been, you know, this, the last 90 days have been a blur. But I was sitting down with someone at the, at the, uh, in, that works for the city and he was trying, we were trying, he was trying to get me to describe to him the vision of One Love City Church. And I said, I said, listen, for God so loved the world that he gave. Nothing was required from the, for that gift. And I said, so we are just simply trying to walk and pattern our life according to that, that we give with nothing in return. That's a true gift. Somebody give, this is a little hint now. Sitting in my notes, if somebody gives you something and expects something in return, that's not a gift. A gift is given, and once it's given, it's released. And what you do with it is up to you, but once the gift is given, it's turned loose. The reason why people are not living at the level that God's called them or provided for them to live is not because... They don't believe. It's not because uh, his love has been withheld from them because they have to do something. No, it's because they've never experienced it. They've never embraced it. So how can they express it? Our job, our role, is to be that expression. In, um, so vision is, is simply this, is being able to look beyond what he is and describe what could be and what should be. So God looked beyond what was, what he had created. He looked beyond that and said, I know what should be, what can be, and through the blood of Jesus, what will be. 
It said, from the foundation of the earth, the Lamb of God was slain for the sins of the world. I've had a lot of people ask us about the logo. Well, you made city too big. You should have made love big. Love has to have an expression. Has to have something tangible to express itself to. If God was going to logo John 3.16, which would be bigger, love or the world? The world. So I'm, I'm juicing you up for a minute. I'm getting you juiced up for just a minute because I want you to understand One Love City Church is about being that expression to the world one person at a time. One person at a time. It's about being that expression. Lainey, my middle daughter, she said, Daddy, we were, because I juiced everybody up before the, that's what a coach does, right? He juices them all up. And I said, if, I said, if, they, if they laugh at you, give them more candy. If they spit at you, give them another gift card. I said, if they hate you, give them all you got in your bag because that is the demonstration of his love for us. That's the reckless love. And so she said, Daddy, she said, I was passing out candy, and these kids were shaking their cups. I said, like, you, don't, you don't got no candy for us? You're not going to give no candy? And she said, I almost said something, but then I remember what you said. No, I'm going to be that expression. That's what One Love City Church is called to do. Now, I want you to turn to Luke chapter 1, because this is where I'm going to kick off. Now that I've got you juiced up. See, if I don't bring this vision down from a, from, a, from a place of corporate structure to where it's an individual person, then we just become a part of a bigger thing and we never understand how to personalize that vision. See, the vision of One Love City Church is not about One Love City Church in and of itself, it's about the church, which is you, and you, Papa Bill, and you, Olivia, and McKenna, and Emma. It's about you, Walt. It's about you, Morris. It's about you, Christian, and Denku, and Jessica. It's about you. We are the church. We don't have a building. This is the place we rent. And acoustically, it's horrible. But aesthetically, it's beautiful. But it really doesn't matter because we didn't come to watch. We came to participate. We came to join together and to gather together. And this morning before we started, I prayed. We prayed. And I read out of Acts chapter 2, it says, And they gathered from house to house and in the synagogue and in prayer, and they broke bread, and the Lord added to their number daily those that were being saved. Where were they getting saved at? Right there. I mean, you bring somebody here. I mean, okay, so they prayed the prayer here. But really and truthfully, they got right out on the street. They got right in your house when you invited them in for no reason and you fed them. They were ready and prepared and their hearts were translated. And sometimes that happens. But the majority of the time, you and I are the hands and the feet of Jesus out there. 
being that expression. So I'm going to take this vision and I'm going to boil it down to you. I'm going to bring it home to you. And when you leave, you're going to get something that you can put in your life because this has got to be about more than just a vision. It's got to be the vision. It's got to go beyond just some abstract concept and it's got to be something that's tangible. See, last night was tangible. Very tangible. People's faces. There was 20,000 plus people there. Had to have been. The streets were full, especially when you got towards downtown. That's why we need more candy. And I got, I got to the end, and there was no candy. There was no more cards. There was no more gift cards. And it's like, Lord, we don't have nothing left. And these people are hungry. It's like they're looking to us, and it's like, you don't have anything for me. And I was like, Lord, that just that hurts. You know, that just bothers us. And the Father said, the Holy Spirit said to me, he said, yeah, but I got more than enough. I'll never let them down. What is it in your life that you're hungry for, that you're looking for, Whatever the world has let you down, he, he, he will never let you down. Luke chapter 1, verse 30. No, let's do verse 26. Now, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to the city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. You know where I'm going with this. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel of the Lord said, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and he will be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be? You know, God will never birth something in you that is foreign. He will birth something from you that's familiar. What is it? This is what I want you to take away. What is it that's in your life that's in the conception mode right now? Because to her, at conception, it was foreign. Because she said, how can this be? You see yourself standing up here preaching one day. You see yourself playing an instrument. You see yourself owning a business. You see yourself doing something mightily for the kingdom of God, but yet in you, you say, how can this be? Because that conception is when it's foreign to you. Because you and I have been programmed by the world. We've been perceived, we've been penetrated by the world in the way that we think and our philosophy. And so we think the way that they think a lot of times. And so you can't do this unless this, this, and this. T.D. Jakes has got a new book out. It's called Soar. And I've been reading and I've been listening to some of his interviews. And he said, he said, his generation which is my mother and my father's generation. 
He said that when we were growing up, we knew all you had to do was get an education, get a degree, and that would guarantee you a good job. He said, but in this day and age, you've got a lot of people with a lot of degrees working at Burger King. Because we were programmed to think a certain way. We were programmed by the world, by the enemy, by religion to think about certain things in a certain way. And I'm telling you this morning that there is something inside of each and every one of you. Maybe it's being conceived at the moment, it's growing. Or maybe you're ready to give birth, but God will never birth it from you in the unfamiliar state. He will always cause it to come forth and you will be familiar and ready for it. See, we were ready for this. This is not unfamiliar. I mean, the museum is unfamiliar. But the actual presence of who we are is not unfamiliar. It's not foreign. It's very familiar. It's like we were born for such a time as this. What is it that he's doing in you? I want to release that in you this morning. If you never come back, if you never hear anything else, I want you to release in you what God wants to birth from you, not in you, from you this morning. There's a higher call for the church that we have not yet attained to. Now, we are getting there and we are stepping it up, but we have not yet gotten to the level that he's called us to get to. The levels of influence in politics and entertainment and education and the world system. We've not yet got to that level, but we're getting there. God never calls the qualified. He qualifies the ones who answer the call. Well, I don't know if I'm called. Did you hear something? Many are called. Few are chosen. Well, I don't know if I'm the one that's chosen, Pastor. Did you hear a call? And did you answer that call? Well, then you are chosen. How many people did Jesus walk up to and say, follow me, and they didn't? And he took a fisherman, two fishermen, that could speak very eloquently and had great table manners. And he turned them into world changers. Wow, how did they do that? Because your ability has nothing to do with his ability. He needs your ability, but he only needs your ability because it's your ability. And then he infuses his ability in you and creates in you the capacity to do things that beyond your wildest imagination. That's what John 3.16 is really about. His expression to you. His expression to us in the blood of Jesus Christ. Galatians 1, chapter 15, I'm going to prove it to you. But when he who had set me apart before I was born and who called me by his grace, he's never calling. He doesn't put something in you that you don't already know. He doesn't put something. You dream about certain things. You see certain things, but you can't see. You don't understand how to get there because it's in you because he placed it in there. Stop trying to be somebody else. Stop trying to do something else. 
I had another pastor, I mean, another gentleman asked me, he said, was this your vision or was it collective? And I said, yes. <laughs> it was conceived and birthed by the Holy Spirit. When, he, when the angel of the Lord appeared to Mary and said, you will conceive a son, she didn't understand it. But she didn't do it by herself because her sister was also visited by an angel of the Lord who said, you will conceive a son and his name will be John the Baptist and he will be a forerunner to Christ. Hmm. And it says later on in the second chapter, it says that when Mary got around her, her belly leapt. Can I just give you a little nugget for you to put in your wallet or your purse and carry with you forever? Never surround yourself with people who don't cause you to leap. I mean, if they don't juice you up, you're wasting your time. If all they do is... Mm -mm. She was, she was, he, he leapt in the womb when Jesus was in Mary's womb. If you don't leap inside, find some place that makes you leap. We've been in that journey, haven't we? You'll go from glory to glory. You're, you'll, you'll grow in your, in your life. And when you grow to a certain point, you need to be connected with somebody, with people who cause you to leap. I'll even take it a step further. You need to, call, you need to be surrounded by people who will look at that thing and call it forth. Call it forth. She told me, we were talking yesterday, that you... I didn't know this. She said we were talking about how you didn't even, even years, years ago, you never flowed in your gifting prophetically and in tongues until we started coming. And now look at you. What God is in a good way. Same thing, you know, with you, the prophetic gift that is in you or or the fatherly gift that is in you, or the teaching gift. You know, what is it that's pulling it out? Listen, I'm not, if, if you don't, if you don't surround yourself by people who put into you, you will surround yourself by people who take out of you, and you will never get what God has wants you to do. You will never attain to that level. I'm not here to get something from you. One Love City Church is not about what you can do for us. It's about what we can help you do together. It's about what we can do together. Let me put it that way. I'm here to juice you up. I'm here to pull it out of you. Everything that we said, there's four things that I see the early church. And one of those things that the early church did was equip. That's what I'm here for. That's my passion. That's what gets me up in the morning. That's what makes me go to sleep at night. That's what drives me. That's what kept me for all these eight years. That's what keeps me from leaving the ministry. That's what keeps me grounded. It's not what you can do for me. Because, Lord, everybody in the room can raise their hand. Have you ever been let down by people? No, it's what God has put in me to put in you, to, to pull out of you. 
I'm here for you. I'm here to pull it out of you. And sometimes the thing that I try to pull out of you, you don't like. And sometimes the thing that the church will try to do in you and through you, you won't like. You won't agree with because it doesn't look right. I mean, my God, couldn't you get a podium instead of a whiskey barrel to preach out of? I don't want a podium. Because the world doesn't recognize podiums. They recognize that. Maybe, I don't know why the first miracle was Jesus turning water into wine. Maybe he just wanted to prove his superiority to the elements of this world and the religious system. I mean, think about that for a minute. I didn't want no podium. My God, is there something else I can lay my notes in my Bible on? Yes, because this is subject to that. You are not subject to the world system. You are not subject to the thoughts and the words and the things that people have pronounced over your life. I remember Tony was in the truck and I had just got done with uh, a whole week of just all kinds of stuff. And I looked at him. He probably thought I was mad. I said, Tony, you remember that? I said, Tony, don't you ever let nobody tell you you can't do something. Don't you ever let nobody try to fasten that mess on you. Don't ever let nobody tell you you're too old. You can't start on them. Don't ever let anybody tell you you can't go global with the monkey or whatever it is that's on your heart. Don't ever let anybody tell you that you can't do something. Uh, I'm just going to leave that out there. I'm not even going to clarify. The yellow monkey. Frozen yogurt. (laughs) Jeremiah 1.5 says, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. Before the foundations of the earth, he appointed and set one love city church for a reason. He appointed you for a reason. He set something in you for a purpose. The mindset has got to shift. It's already shifted. It's already changed. Don't allow religion to fasten you down to the seat that's going nowhere. Why not believe big? What have we got to lose? I think the problem, the biggest problem with the church is we've been compliant to the restraints of religion. Instead of being reckless in the freedom of Christ. Well, that one left city church, y'all just let anybody come to church. Yeah. Sure do. 
Do you realize if you study it and you really go back and you read it, that, that Jesus was so reckless they wanted to kill him because of his extravagant demonstration against the religious system of that day. He's, a, he's about life transformation. We're not trying to make converts. We're trying to see lives transform. And, I, and I'll say this. That One Love City Church, that we focus on love. Everything else we have conversations about. Well, what about homosexuals? You just let homosexuals come to your church? We focus on love. And everything else we have conversations about. That's the stupidest thing to say. Do you know? Can I just be honest with you? That you know, you just let homosexuals come in. You just let you just let anybody come to your church. Well, you here, ain't you? <laughs> you just invite anybody over to dinner. Well, you here, aren't you? If we're going to draw that kind of line, we need to draw the line all the way. So have you thought bad about somebody today? Then you're disqualified. Did you say a dirty word today? Did you cuss? Did you use the Lord's name in vain? Well, no, hell, I didn't. Yes, you did. Listen. You got to get that out of your vocabulary. You got to get it out of your mind. You got to get it out of because the only way this culture is going to be reached is through a demonstration of love. Their lives being transformed is secondary to experiencing the love of God. How do they get the power to transform their life if they never are expressed love? Well, they're gay. Well, how are they going to know that, that, that what they're doing is detrimental to their life if you just, because we know that preaching to them works great. <laughs> people that are caught up in addiction, people that are caught up in, in for, uh, pornography, people, I mean, these are real issues. That people can't, they don't even know how to relate to you. You millennials don't even know how to sometimes carry on a conversation unless it's with a device. These are things they really need. Then how do we get what they need to them? By the expression of love. You can hold the standard in your life without compromise, without making somebody feel like they can't live up to your expectations. You can do it. Jesus did it. If Jesus did it, then we can do it. So, let me give you four things that I see, just four ways. How are we going to be that expression? Corporately and individually. If you go back to the Bible, I challenge you to do this. Go back to the Bible, start at the book of Acts, and study the early church. And tell me what church looks like. If all we did was use this, if that's all we did was use this, 
We didn't use what we grew up with. We didn't use what we were demonstrated. We didn't use what we experienced. I mean, I experienced it. I remember sleeping under the pews at the old Pentecostal charismatic churches in Texas. I remember that. I, rem I remember her dragging me around. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, Friday night, prayer meeting. I remember those days. Take all that and throw it out. Not that it's bad or not that it's not good. Take it out and throw it out. And just go back to the Bible. What does the church look like? Let me give you four things that I see. Write these down. Number one, love. And I put that in red. Red, love. They cared for one another. I mean, we could stop right there and do an 18-week series on just love. They loved one another. They cared for them. The Bible says they had all things in common. That means if I was broke and I didn't have no money and I was hurting, then everybody was broke and we all pitched in and just believed God together. Or if I had a need and he'd do, listen, stop asking people what you can do for them and just do something. Don't call her and say, what can I do? How can I help? Just help. Don't call me and say, what can we do? No, listen, there's plenty. You see all this that had to be done. No, I understand the sentiment of it, but the days of asking somebody, we all know what needs to be done. The early church, they just did it. That's why we came the other day not because we had to not because you asked us to but because we knew that you needed us there for no other reason than to just be there love they loved one another they loved one another so much that they sold their possessions to meet the needs of their congregants the people that they were in fellowship with I tell everybody, I said, there's two ways that I know what, I'll use somebody else since I've used you. There's two ways that I know that Lori needs something. Okay? Either one, ready? Write this down. This is profound. Someone tells me. <laughs> or two, or two, I get it by the Holy Spirit. That's, that's it. Either I hear about it, or I know on the inside. But other than that, it's, so if I know the early church just met the need. Well, what about responsibility? What about, what about if they're doing wrong? Well, we see how telling people what they do wrong is wrong without helping them. We see how that's worked. It doesn't. Now, there comes a line in the sand. You have to draw the line. You have to, at some point, like the prodigal son, like the father, you have to say, okay, I'll let you do what you want to do. But you never stop loving them. You never stop praying for them. But there was broken fellowship. But that's not what we're talking about, what we do. We're not talking about what they do. Listen to me. We're not talking about what they do. We're talking about what we do. And the early church was about love. They cared for one another to such a degree 
that they gave to their own hurt to meet the needs. Jesus, this is, this is the example that I try to follow. Jesus never corrected until he connected. He, they brought the woman to him and said, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. He didn't correct her. He connected. Uh-oh. He expressed to her something. After he shut everybody else in the room up. Sometimes the people that you're trying to connect to, you need to shut people up and get them out of the room so that you can speak to them. Sometimes you're going to have to. Well, I can't believe that such as that. I can't believe such as that. I can't believe it. Listen, you act like you ain't never done nothing and your poop don't stink too. He never corrected until he connected. And the ones that he corrected the hardest were religious folk. Because religion is always trying to take away from the expression of love, and he can't stand it. He said it's the only thing in the Bible that says it makes the Word of God. Can I borrow this, Mama Cleveland? It's the only thing that makes the Word of God. That's your purse, ain't it? Let me hold it. Sorry. It's the only thing. I thought she had one of them, you know, pretty purses, you know. It's the only thing that makes this of no effect. Think about that. Religion makes this just paper and leather. It makes no effect in your life when you allow, when I allow religion to come in. Because religion chokes. It makes no fruit in the life. That's not what love does. Number two, they gathered together. You don't see the early church being like, I don't have, I'm tired. I don't have time. The early church, because there was something. See, the reason why we've been tired of going to church is because it's been church. It's been religious. I didn't see nobody tired last night. I saw a bunch of people tired afterwards. And everybody trying, my legs are sore. Because we didn't realize that the first challenge of One Love City Church was to speed walk. We had the police. I mean, we got in trouble because we were dragging. We had to speed up. She had everybody trying to speed up. They gathered. There was, there was a, a communion. There was a, there was a fellowship. One life groups are, are about, they're going, they're going to be the lifeblood because you can't do life on Sunday. We, we can't do, there's only so much that I can know about, about you. Y'all like that, don't you? One life? It's good. I wish I could say I came up with it. But the connection happens in someone's home. The, the relationships are built when you're fellowshipping and breaking bread with one another. But the enemy wants to come against it. The enemy wants to tell you you don't have time for it. No, 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 no. You don't have time not to do it. Because that's where life happens. That's where you lay down in fetal position and you crying because everything's falling apart. And everybody in that group lays hands on you and believes together. That happens in those groups. 
Number three, they were trained. They were trained. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 says that he gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and some teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the edifying of the body, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Do you see how my responsibility and my mandate as a pastor or as a leader is different from my mandate as a believer? Do you see that? See, it's... I'm here to equip you not to watch me do the work. That's how we've done it. Well, you need to pray for such and such. No, no, no. I can pray with you, but I'm here to equip him, to help him. He's here to help equip you prophetically. He's here to prophetically call out of you what you need to minister to the neighbor down the road that needs what you got. You know why we did gift cards and $1 bills? Because I said to everybody that bought, people were like, you doing what? Because I'm trying, I want to put the empowerment in your hands. Because my job is to put that in your hands so that you experience what it's like to meet somebody's need. That's what last night was about. Equipping you to fulfill and to be that expression. And number four, they had to get the message out. Those are the four characteristics that I see of the early church. They could not, they wouldn't shut up. There was something in them that compelled them to get out. Where is this, what is this thing that is fashioned on us that's like, I don't, I don't want to say nothing, I'm embarrassed. I don't, you would tell somebody about your favorite football team, but we don't tell people about Jesus. And I don't mean preaching at them, I mean just living it, just being, listen, our new friends, Bob and Sonny Patel, they don't. I don't, know what they gonna, I don't know what they know and what they don't know, but I know this, that they can't know what I know unless I get to know them. Unless I embrace them. Unless I hug them. Unless I invite them over for dinner. They had, there's something, I, I'm, I'm, I'm asking the Holy Spirit. Because it's in me but I don't know how, I don't know how to articulate it, and I don't know if it's for me to articulate. There's something that you got to catch in the kingdom of God. You can't teach it. It's caught. Last night we caught it. You saw them faces. Not near one of y'all that was there and walked away from that the same. You were different because you saw people. You were there. You were this close to them. And you saw their hunger. You saw their pain. You saw them looking for something. And you gave them a demonstration. There's something in the believer's life in the early church that compelled them to get out. This, it's like, Father, what is that in us that compels us? You got to take, okay, take everything you've ever known about evangelism. You got it? You gathered it all up in your filing cabinets in your head. Package it all up. Set it over here. And Joel's going to burn it later on this afternoon. Leave it. Let it go. 
the four spiritual laws and the pathway to Jesus and the road. No, no, no. Leave all that. Listen, just love people. And they will beg you to tell them how you love them so much. We're going to help you. We're setting up things in place to help every one of you find your gifting. We're, help, we're, we're setting up things to help you find freedom. Maybe you're here, you've been saved, but you're in bondage. We're going to help you get free. We're going to help you find your gift, and we're going to equip you so that you can be that expression. That's what we're going to do. And we're going to meet together, we're going to fellowship together, we're going to have a good time, and then we're going to expose the world to that fellowship. We're going to do it all. I'm so tired of people trying to put me in a barrel. What you going to do? What the church going to look like? It's going to look like this. That's what we try. Well, that's too broad. you got to be specialized. I, I, we're going to look like this. And if it says it, then we're going to try our best to do it. If it says we're going to break bread from house to house, then you know we're going to eat something. We know we're going to eat. If it says they went into the highways and the byways, then we're going to do it. If it says that they were going to throw people before us that's committed the act of adultery, then we're going to do that. We're going to love them. Come on, stand to your feet. We're going to love them. Whatever it is that's in your life that God is birthing, He is not birthing. You're not here on accident. He's not birthing something that's foreign to you. He's got something in you that's familiar, and He's wanting to bring that out. <clears throat> Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you. Can we just say thank you? Can we just thank the Lord? Our hearts are full of gratitude. We thank you, Lord. Father, I pray that every person here and every person within the sound that hears this message, whether online or any other avenue, Father, I pray that something be released in them. That there's a passion, there's something that's stirred in them like never before. Father, your love is so reckless towards us. It was and is so reckless towards us. Help us to catch that recklessness and let us love the world and be the expression of recklessness to the world. Father, we thank you for it. So much. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that you're going to help us work the kinks out. You're going to help us get this thing rolling the way you want it to be rolled. Thank you, Lord, that you're leading and guiding us. Thank you, Lord, that you have, you have never called people to do something without giving the, um, them the equipment and the resources to do it. And we thank you for that. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Joel, I'm going to put you on the spot, man. Will you come up here and dismiss us? Come on. You, it's really, you just dismiss us. While he's coming up here, I wanted to just say a couple of things. Um, we've got a lot of things. Part of this launch was on a timeline, on a deadline, because we didn't have control over when we had to get out. 
But the other side of this is that it's timing. Today is Advent. And Advent is four Sundays before Christmas. We didn't do that when we launched. We didn't expect, we didn't try to plan that. But that's how it is because the people, it was a Jewish celebration in anticipation of Christ the Savior. The world is anticipating us coming out there. They're hungry for it. And listen, I'm asking you, we need your help. We do. We need help setting this stuff up. We need help breaking it down. We need help moving it all over. We, we need help in every area. And we've got, every, we've got things in the works. We're still planning. We're still strategizing. Our website should be up after Cornell is done with school, which is tomorrow. Facebook, Instagram is live. Log on friend requests, do all that, that's how we're funneling information. If you want to be emailed, if you want to be text messaged, then grab somebody around here and give them your email and your text message. We'll keep you updated like that, okay? Amen? Lord, we thank you for this day, and we thank you for the opening of this church. Lord, we pray that you let us be a blessing to others as you are the great blessing to us. It's in your name we pray. Amen.